0: I don't know about you, but singing in all those, uh, the different languages is just something that give, gives me joy. and It's a reminder of the goodness of God, and all the earth is going to be singing to Him. Um, and but good morning, UBC. For those that don't know me, I'm Jim Corbin. And along with Aldine Fofovic, we lead the Missions in Mercy here. And as um, you'll see, helping us today are members of the Mission Core team as well. Um, that help us um, get through this, but the big idea that we want to talk about today is the mission of the church to make Jesus known continues today. In the Westminster uh, Catechism, and a catechism is nothing more than something that people memorize so that it reminds them about God and about Christian living. But in the the Christian or in the catechism, question one asks, "What is the chief?" and highest end of man. And the answer to that is to glorify God and to joy Him forever. Amen. Amen. And we know that because in Genesis 1, we read that uh, God created man, and He created him in His image, and He told us to be fruitful and multiply, and that we were, it was good. And He put that first man and woman, Adam and Eve, and He put them into a garden, and there was fellowship with God. And they were able to walk with him. They talked. He, he, they saw him in the coldness of the morning. And, he, and he, he told them everything was theirs, except there was one thing they weren't supposed to do. They weren't supposed to eat from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Adam and Eve listened to a lie, and they ate from that tree. And then at that moment, they disobeyed God, and sin entered the world. And ever since that time, man has been running away from God and we find ourselves in the broken world that we live in today. And while we may try to do things to get out of the broken world, we on our own cannot get out of that. But God loved us and he created us to be in a relationship with him and to enjoy him forever. So he had a plan and so he sent his son Jesus to the earth And he lived for 30 years, and he did what we could not do. He fully obeyed. And he started his ministry with the 12 disciples, and he was explaining to them and the people what the kingdom of God was like. While he was explaining, he upset the religious leaders, and so they thought they had a plan, and they were going to kill him. And so they put him on a cross. But what they didn't realize is since the beginning of time, that was God's plan was for his son to die on that cross because three days later he rose again from the dead. Amen. And since he was sinless, he is able to cover our sins. And so for those like us who repent and believe and put our faith in Jesus, we are restored. We, have a, we can work and have a relationship back to God Even though we're here in the brokenness, day by day, God is restoring us in our relationship to him to the point that, as we talk about, we will be fully enjoying him forever in his presence. I'd be remiss, though, to not say if there's someone here that hasn't had that opportunity to fully know Jesus, to repent and put your belief in him, we would love for that to be your day today. And if you want to have a discussion about that, Aldina and I and others would love to talk to you about this after the service here up front. But we see what the final fulfillment is for us who believe and repent, that we are going to be around the throne. And, And God has already given us that vision because in Revelation 7, just like this morning when we were singing, we know every tribe, language, and tongue is going to be around the throne. We're all going to be worshiping at the same time. But until that time, we have work to do as the church. And so what we'd like to do is take some time here and hear from four people that have gone out on a trip this year and see how God has uh, shown him this year.
1: Thanks, Jim. Uh, My name is John Vanderwall, uh, and I'm a member of the Missions core team. And today we wanted you to be able to hear from a few of your fellow members who have been on missions trips themselves recently. Um, Today we have Hannah Russ up here, uh, Dave Gneiser, Jessica Duck, and Jackson Ewing down on the end. Um, Today, uh, Hannah, let's start with you. When we go on a mission trip to serve others or share the gospel, sometimes God has other plans for us. Would you tell us what happened on your student ministry trip to Michigan this year?
2: Yeah, so I had the
3: opportunity to go to um, Benton Harbor, Michigan, and on the last day during the feet washing ceremony, I um, was saved by God. Um, His love overwhelmed me, it consumed me, and I was just transformed that night, and He helped me to realize that I need to spread his words to others and to help others grow in their faith.
1: Thanks, Hannah. Jackson, you were able to participate with the local church in Argentina, engaging with the indigenous people group and with those in the small town of Clodomira. What would you say that God showed you
2: on this trip? Before I answer that question, I just want to say hi to my mom who's watching online. <laughs> hi, mom. I love you. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, John, um, this was actually my first time going down and uh, out of the U.S. So experiencing a different culture and a different city down within that culture was like very eye-opening. So what God showed me was um, despite them not having as much as we do up here, and that country being one of the worst countries that has really bad inflation, like, they seem to be pretty content with what they had. Not only that, but they were, like, more friendly and, like, more receptive of us going down to them. So I was really surprised to see the, the, um, their lovingness toward us and the receptiveness of, toward us and the gospel. Um, another thing that was just going, going along along the theme of uh, just loving on us was the church down there. They were so friendly to, uh, toward us and they, we got to form some pretty cool bonds. So my first time going down there, um, I, would, I loved it. And I would definitely, definitely go back down there again, encourage anyone else interested, yeah, come on down. It's, it's going to be great.
1: Jessica, you went to Uganda this year with a team to serve in the South Sudanese refugee camps, leaving behind an 18-month-old with dad. What was it like to make that decision, and how did God confirm that with you while you were either on the trip or before?
4: Right, well, first off, that was probably the hardest decision ever. Um, I have notes here, so don't judge me, because scattered brain. Um, I actually convinced myself that there was no way I was going to be able to go on mission trips once I had my daughter. I was like, that dream's just crushed. Um, I had this desire to go, but the logistics just didn't add up. Um, Jim was actually there. I met him and he told me, why don't you just leave her with dad and go? And I said it sarcastically, but (laughs) that was probably the biggest conviction. I sat on that forever and was like, all right, I guess I gotta go. Um, So I do blame mom guilt for that too. Like I just, you know, any moms here know what that's like. Uh, and then I got confirmation in the gospels, um, when the disciples are told to drop their nets and follow Jesus. I just was like, they left their families. They left everything to follow Jesus. So why can't I do that? And I want to be like that. So time to put my money where my mouth is. Um, so as soon as I made that decision to go, the spiritual warfare Was unlike anything I've experienced before. The anxieties, every bad thing I could think of, I felt like was gonna happen. Uh, My husband is military, so he was telling me all of the bad news. Um, Thanks, love. Um, And then when I got there, it was emotionally and like physically just like the loneliest I've ever been. So I decided to open up the Psalms. The first one was, it was like, what is happening here? The second one, though, was Psalm 139, and the Lord just spoke to me, and I was bawling my eyes out, and I just felt like I had somebody there comforting me. He confirmed that he was with me. He sees me, and he's been with me through it all, so that was just a peace that I've never experienced before, and the whole trip, I just felt that peace with me. There was nothing but joy in the whole trip because I knew God was there. And I just, throughout this whole experience, I just learned that you have to take that step of obedience, and that's all he asks of you.
1: Dave, you were at the Builders for Christ build this year in Hanover, Indiana in May, and then again in August towards the end of the build. And you also talked to all the participants of the three teams we sent over. How did you see God moving in those that went and the members of Hanover Baptist?
5: Thanks for uh, sending us you know, from the church in three different teams to Hanover, Indiana. Such a foreign field, southern Indiana. <laughs> it was our chance to pay forward what had been done here. I look around the room and I see many of you that were involved in this project here with Builders for Christ. We got to go forward to Indiana. Next year we get to go someplace else. We hope you get to join us. But it's interesting, the ages of people they range from people that are, like, when we had it here, we had four-year-olds washing tables, and we have, a, I see a lady over here that I know was praying for us, and was praying, oh, 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 and we need to have that prayer. We had a 15-year-old in the cut team. He doesn't look 15 when you look at the pictures, but they cut all of the wood in two days so that we could build eight of the walls in Indiana, which is very unusual. October 15th is our first service. Well, ahead had a schedule with where we did ours, if you recall. took us a little bit longer. The next build is about the same size, uh, but a little bit more larger, and we hope you can join us on that. It was amazing to see God move the people of Hanover, a very small church, 250 people on a Sunday, to give sacrificially to a project to allow them to build. We thought we were there for the build conference. It wasn't going forward, but it did, and it continues. And so their first service is October 15th. We also then had a team that went midtime and they went, uh, they were sewers, knitters, and crocheters. How's that part of a build? A team's, prior to last year, we got connected. They actually have this group that comes out of Texas and Kansas, 22 hours to come here to sew and knit. In our case, we did uh, sewing and also crocheting to be able to bless the people here, and in this case, Miami Women's Center, Miami Valley Women's Center, and then we got to do that forward in Indiana so what's going to what's gonna go on there for the different things they could hand out. Some of you sewed beforehand. The last team that we sent was almost finished week. We got to do the floor in their kitchen, uh, which was amazing to do. We actually got to hang basketball nets, which was quite the stressful thing. We hope they're still hanging. <laughs> Just kidding. So you get to do a number of different things. You may not be a builder, but you can help. You can be a goer and go with us. You can send people financially. people were supported. And it was incredible to see. You can pray for the, those that go, as you'll hear, and you can also be a receiver of those that come. So hopefully next year, if you're interested in the years uh, coming that you'll join us for a Builders for Christ build.
0: I. I appreciate them sharing, and they probably have many more stories about what happened on the weeks they were there, and there are 61 other individuals that went on one of the 17 trips that we were able to take this past year, and I would ask, if you really want to hear more about it, whether from within your growth groups, individually, uh, as a a couple families, I I would say you would probably get a whole lot out of what God did through and to them on those trips. And if you don't know who to get with, Aldina and I would love to connect with you and um, give you some names. I can tell you a week from tomorrow night, uh, James Lockwood, who's one of the students that goes here, is going to be out at Cedarville and explaining a little bit about his trip he took to Southeast Asia this summer. And he should be in the back after the service if you want to talk to him a little bit more about that. But again, for today, our big idea is the mission of the church to make Jesus known continues today. If we recall back in Acts 1, um, verses 6 to 8, and I know that was a while ago when we did that, but in Acts 1, 6 to 8, Jesus is with his disciples, and he he tells them, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And as we, when we discuss that passage, we remember the disciples actually thought Jesus' kingdom was coming right then and there. But in their mind, they were thinking a political kingdom, a national kingdom, Israel was going to be restored. But Jesus in this passage reminds them the kingdom that he was talking about was much more than that. Right? They weren't supposed to be worrying about when the kingdom was coming, but he was telling them they had work to do. And it's the same thing for us today. We're waiting for Jesus to return. We want him to return. But while we're waiting, we're supposed to be Uh, doing things as well the other thing in that passage he tells them is you'll receive power and remember back in Matthew 28 he told them all he had all the authority all authority has been given to him and he told them to go and make disciples and then in Luke 24 he told them to go wait because they were going to get the full promise of the father before they went And in Acts, we know that happened because in Acts 2, we read about the Holy Spirit coming on them in the day of Pentecost. Well, for us today, when we repent and believe, that same power comes to within each one of us. The same power that gave the disciples to go forward is with us today. That's the same power that changes and corrects us as we go through our lives. That's the same power that came upon Jessica that told her to go to Uganda and that was with her while she was there. That was the same power that was with Jonas Clemens, Gibson Wing, Jackson Ewing, Anna Check, Megan Exline, and many others that went for the first time out of this country somewhere. For some of them, it was the first time they had been on a plane, but the power was with them and they obeyed, obeyed and went. It was the same power that met Hannah through the, through the gospel in Michigan on that Thursday night. It's the same power that changed her Paul told the church of Rome about that power that comes through the gospel. And he said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God for salvation to anyone who believes. That gospel changed my life. And for many of you here in the room or online, that gospel is what changed you. But that same gospel is ready to change others as well. Paul told the the church of Corinth the basics of the gospel that we're supposed to remember. And in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, Paul tells them, "...for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures." And again, that, that gospel changed me and has led me, has led those who went out this year to go in obedience for his glory. That same gospel is for those who haven't heard it or haven't had a chance to hear by God's saving grace. That's why we as the church still have a mission. That's why we need to continue to take the gospel forward. We're supposed to be witnesses today. And if we remember back in Acts 1, Jesus told his disciples they were going to be his witnesses and he told them they were going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And for them, they were witnesses because they had seen Jesus. So they were telling everybody about him. For us, we're supposed to be witnesses because the gospel has changed us. So our witness is who we were before and who we are now because the gospel has changed who we are. And by, t- by sharing that and sharing the gospel, hopefully we'll see a change in, in, in others. As we, as we finished uh, our study in Acts on August 20th, uh, Pastor Jason reminded us that the mission did not finish at the end of Acts. Right? Paul's in prison, but the mission didn't finish. That the mission continues with me, the mission continues with you, and the mission continues with all of us as the church. As we go forward. And in Acts eight, that mission again was to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria in the ends of the earth. And so we have a mission, but our Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria is, is a little bit different. So I'm going to propose today that our Jerusalem is the Miami Valley. And you're going to sit there and say, well, wait a minute. I'm sitting in Beaver Creek. I'm, part of, I'm sitting in Green County now. Why is Jim telling me our Jerusalem is the Miami Valley? And that's going to tell you because there's people that's sitting here that come every week They live in Montgomery County, they live in Miami County, they live in Warren County, they live in Greene County, they live in Clark County, and there's probably a county that I forgot that's sitting in here today. There are 11 counties that are around Dayton, Ohio, so we, that we call the Miami Valley. And according to the 2020 census, there's 1.46 million people living in those 11 counties. Now there's other organizations that collect religious data, and of the 1.46 million, 49% of those people are non-religious, and what that means is they don't go to a church, they don't go to a mosque, they don't go to a temple, they don't go to uh, Jewish services, they don't go anywhere. Right? They're nun- what we would call nuns, not the nuns wear the habits, nuns, n-o-n-e-s. They don't go. The data also tells us that only 20.5% of the people in the Miami Valley are, know Jesus, what we all call our Christ followers. I don't know about you, it breaks my heart of the 80% that don't know him. Like you, I know people in that 80%. I know people very well that are in 80%. I want them to know Jesus. And I'm sure you want the people that you know and at 80% to want to know Jesus as well. So we have uh, work to do as the church. So our local, our Jerusalem is Miami Valley. Our Judea and Samaria, we're gonna look at Ohio and the rest of the United States. And we're gonna be referring to as national, right? So that's our people. And then when we talk about the ends of the earth, you're going to hear us use words like global. So when we're going global, but that's the end of the earth for us. That's a large mission in front of us. Miami Valley on its own is a large mission, but there's a large mission in front of the church today to reach the unreached. And you may ask, well, how are we supposed to do that? Well, Paul, once again, as he was talking to the Romans, in Romans 10, he tells them in verses 14 and 15, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? In, this ver- in these verses, there's many things that are happening. People are being sent. We we can read that in there. But even when they were being sent, there was a church that was behind them that was praying for them. There was a church that was behind them that prayed for them before they went. There was a church that was behind them that sent them. right? And sent has uh, connotations about whether you're sending them with prayers, you're sending them with um, parts of your talents, treasures, gifts. But they were sending them. Because As the church, we're a body of believers. And if you remember last week, Bill preached about uh, uh, believers and what it meant to be bodies and how we're all a little bit different. But as we all work together, we're one unit, the church. And it's the same thing with the missions. So the church has a mission, and it takes everybody within the church doing their parts of what they have to do. So whether we're praying for the people, whether we're the ones sending them, or we're the ones going, we're all within this body that's taking the gospel to the unreached. Lastly, like in the book of Romans, if we were all to take off our shoes, and I'm not recommending anybody take off your shoes, you might upset the person sitting beside you, but if we would all take off our shoes, I guarantee you there are many beautiful feet here in this auditorium. There's many beautiful feet for those watching online. And those beautiful feet are able, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to take the gospel to those that need to hear it. So what we want to do is give you some tangible takeaways for how we as the church body here at UBC And if you're here in the auditorium or if you're online, what are some tangible ways that we can be on mission together?
6: Good morning, everybody. Uh, My name is Sandy Corbett. And I thought he might introduce me the second service because I kind of teased him a little. The first that he didn't because I thought maybe he didn't want to show favorites and introduce his wife only and not the other two girls. But anyway, (laughs) if the mission continues with us, We should be praying for the mission. We can do that in multiple ways. One of them is being intentional about connecting with people who are going on mission from our church body. Connect with them. Ask them what they need prayers for before, during, and after. Welcome them home. Be part of their journey. It will bless you as well as them. You can download an app on your phone or your laptop called Bless Every Home You can decide how many of your neighbors you would like to intentionally pray by name each day. It will give you a little reminder with a scripture verse. And you can also use that app as you're walking your neighborhood with the dog or just getting exercise and pray specifically for those neighbors. You can also download um, Voice of the Martyrs apps, which is for the persecuted brothers and sisters around the world, an intentional reminder to pray for them. Uh, There is a movement of setting an alarm clock for 8.38 p.m., which is based on Romans 8.38-39, which speaks that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. So you can set an alarm there to remind yourself to pray for the persecuted people and brothers and sisters. Um, Also, the Joshua Project, uh, you can download on your laptop or your phones. They will give you a daily reminder, or your iWatch. You can just look; it'll tell you who the unreached people group is the day. If you desire more information, you can go in, and they have a lot of details there. Another movement is setting your alarm for 10:02 in the morning. That is based off of Luke 10:2, where we, Luke talks about the harvest being plentiful but the workers being few. And so we do need to intentionally pray that people will join in the work of the harvest. We have other ways that you can be involved in praying for the mission. If you stop out at the tables after, there's prayer cards, there's calendars, there's booklets, and we can hook you up with how to be more intentional praying. And here's Lindsay.
3: Good morning, all. For me, um, I got assigned for if the mission continues with us, we should be using our time, talent, and treasure, which we all have, whether big or little, some ways to give up your time, an idea is to sign up for our missionary updates. Take the time to read them, and then take a moment to send a note back. Hey, I'm praying for you. Oh, I'm celebrating how God moved this way. It's such an encouragement to them and encourages them to keep going. Take the time to meet up with somebody who's returned from a short-term trip. They're just bursting um, with all of the stuff that God showed them, And there's not always time to take that and share that. So say, hey, let's go get coffee or, hey, meet a little bit before church. Take the time to come to one of our bring-your-own-lunches with our missionaries. Um, Our next one is November 5th with the bonds and just an awesome way to hear more about their ministry. Some ways to give of your talent, because we all have some kind. Um, If you have the gift of hospitality, there's always a chance to open your home to our missionaries that are coming for visit locally. It's a way to bless them. Um, so let us know if you're interested. If you are a sewer or a crafter, you've already heard a little bit, but anything, but sew something, craft something for OCC shoeboxes, the Builders for Christ team, um, because something so little as a teddy bear could really transform a kid's life. If you are a talented entrepreneur, sorry for my pronunciation, but we have a specific missionary who was working alongside with refugees and they are needing to know how to be gainfully employed in their country, you might have the skills to be a blessing to them. So let us know on that too. Some ways to give of your treasures. Could be as simple as filling an Operation Christmas Child shoebox. It could be as simple as picking up a gas card or a gift card to give to our visiting missionaries because usually when they're here, they're traveling a lot and that adds up. Um, Send a care package to one of the missionaries, from a personal recipient, it is a huge blessing and encouragement to know others around from my home church are thinking about me. Um, give towards those going on short-term trips, towards our long-term missionaries, whether it's a one-time or a recurring, but bottom line, God has called you to use what he has given you, and so I asked you to just pray and say, God, what have you called me to do and give?
7: Hi, uh, my name is Sharon. And my takeaway is that if the mission continues with us, we should have a biblical view or perspective. And at UBC, we are providing this opportunity to you in a class that's actually called Perspectives. Perspectives is offered uh, around the country and even around the world. And we're excited that beginning in January of 2024, UBC is going to host this class over at um, the East location. The class runs for 15 weeks and is centered on God's promise to make his name known to the nations and how he has been fulfilling this promise from the beginning until today. It also focuses on how we as the church can join him in this mission. Now, you hear a lot of words that say mission, God's mission, our mission. So you might think, well, this is a class only for people who are going to be missionaries or go on long-term trips. That is not true. Um, This is a class for the whole church, um, for every believer to um, broaden our minds, broaden our perspectives, um, to learn about what God is doing all over the world, and really how um, how we can participate in that by some of the things that we've been talking about, by praying, by giving, um, and even just reaching out to our neighbors. Um, All of us on the core team have taken this class at different times. For me, I took it in 2016, and it really just showed me the unique ways that God is working, whether um, the gospel is being shared in Nepal, that's different than how it's shared in India, and that's different than how it's shared in Tajikistan. So just seeing how God uses different means in different places around the world. Um, So as I said, we are going to be hosting the class. um, We have an orientation night first on January 11th, and then the classes will begin on January 18th. Um, We are going to do this on Thursday evenings from 6.30 to 9 p.m. um, But there's also an opportunity to take the class in the morning, Thursday mornings, out at the Athletes in Action campus in Xenia. So depending on your availability, you have a morning option, you also have an evening option. Um, The cost, there is a cost associated with the class. It's a semester long, so it's kind of similar to a college class. It is $250, um, but we are offering several discounts. So if you register by October 31st, you can get $50 off. And then after that discount expires, you still have the opportunity for $25 off by December 15th. Also, if you're a UBC member, the core mission team will reimburse 50% of what you paid once you complete the class. So by doing the math, you can see that for a class of this quality, the cost is actually pretty low. Um, But the bottom line is, don't let cost be a barrier to you in taking this if you really feel that God is moving you in that direction. Talk to us, and um, you can learn a little bit more about how we can help you make that happen. I will be at a table in the lobby, so if you have further questions and want more details, please come by and talk to me. And now, here's Aldine.
8: Thank you, Sharon. Uh, Guys, have you noticed the candy outside? It is for you. Did you notice also the international coffee we have out there? Also for you, this is our way to entice you to come and participate. I hope it works. Uh, Drink the Kool-Aid. We don't have Kool-Aid there, though. Uh, Anyway, hey, if we are on mission together, we have so many resources out for you, and we'd love for you to stop by, check it out, there's calendars, Um, there's a way for you to jump on board and support one of our missionaries by just scanning a QR code that's over there, or talk to some of them that are out there standing as well. So we'd love for you to participate, and if we are... um, on mission together, and the Lord is telling us to go as a church family, we can do that locally by going to the prayer walks that we mentioned. Um, take take your dog on a walk around your neighborhood and go pray around. Uh, pray for your neighbors. Pray for people to be open and to reach them with the gospel. You, you can also help our um, partnership with H2O at Wright State University. If you are into reaching students at Wright State, uh, we will send you there to go help our buddy Josh, who is trying to reach the students there. Um, There's various events you can be part of as well. Nationally, you can um, go and join the Builders of Christ, Builders for Christ, you have heard about that and the project that they helped us here with. Uh, We can also give back and go help them about nine hours away to go and serve as well. Globally, we have really cool trips coming up in 2024. Are you ready for this? One of you, great. Ah, Here you go. (laughs) We have a trip to Bangladesh in March. A trip to Paraguay in March, we have a trip to Honduras in May, Bosnia in June, Uganda in June, Argentina in August, North India in September, and Nepal in October. So if you are interested to go on a mission trip for any of these upcoming trips, we would absolutely love to have you come and talk to us and sign up you can do that by going, you can do that by sending some of our people and support them financially, you can do that through prayer, you can do that through uh, whatever else way you think of, but if you want to be part of this mission that we are in, um, let's do this together in unity. Oh, since uh, since we're at this, why don't we also commission some people today? How does that sound? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're going to take a few more trips this fall, and I would love for people who are going, I'll mention your name, to come up on stage so we can pray for you and commission you out. Um, Jennifer Moy going to the Middle East. Casey and Tim Cole going to South Asia and the Caribbean. Jackson Ewing going to Argentina. Tim West, South Asia. Glenn Doer, South Asia. Aldin Fafulovich, South Asia. Uh, and then Jim Corbin going to Argentina and South Asia as well. Why don't you guys come up so we can pray over you. Aaron actually, actually is going to pray for over us and commission us out.
9: All right, guys, let's pray over these uh, UBC missionaries going out. Lord God, we thank you for this challenge today. We thank you for just the opportunity Um to come together as the body of Christ, to share in what you've called each and every one of us to do, and that's to make your name known around the world, Lord. Uh, And that can be as close as our neighbor and as far away as across the globe. Lord, we pray over these UBC um, members here that are going on mission, Lord, we pray for um, all the details, the logistics and everything, Lord, that sometimes can be overwhelming and sometimes be oppressive, Lord, in terms of getting things together, finances and trips and travel, and leaving people at home. Lord, I pray that you be with them in this time. Lord, I pray that you would go before them, Lord. I pray that like your word says that when, when your word goes out, it does not come back void, Lord, we pray that over the people that they're going to be visiting and the countries, um, the interactions they'll have, even even on the flights over, Lord, we pray that all aspects of this trip would be given to you, Lord, we pray for their safety, Lord, we pray over their families that are here that will be left behind, Lord, we pray that you would give them the words to speak, that when they go before people from a different country, a different culture, a different language, a different identity, Lord, that they would have the words to speak clearly that you are the God of love, you are the God of change, you are the God who is sovereign over all these things. So, Lord, we pray this over them. We pray that you would um, comfort their hearts, rest their minds, Lord, and empower their words, to do your work for your kingdom. We pray this over them in Jesus' name, amen.